Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About It. This is your girl, May J, and I am here with Emmanuel Payne. How are you, Manny? I'm doing good. How are you? I am well. Look at you with your professional voice. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that corporate voice. All right. Um. So as you guys know, this is this series we are talking about what happens at home, the unspoken truths of abuse. Last week, Christine and I really got into just the overall general idea of different forms of abuse. Um, we recapped on and kind of went on a couple of different tangents, but good tangents on abuse and what it looks like spiritually, mentally, physically, um, and some emotionally. Today, Manny and I are going to talk about, I think the topic is who I was, who they thought I should be, and who I actually, who I actually am. Which is going to be a very, very, very great in-depth conversation. Yes. And again, because of the conversation can be triggering, um, we are talking about a very heavy and sensitive topic. Um there was a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast. I just want to let you guys know that if at any point you have to stop, we completely understand. Um, and just leave us some comments and let us know what you thought about some of the things that was discussed during the podcast. It really means a lot. All right. Well, Manny, let's, uh, let's get into it. Excellent. Who I was, who they thought I should be, and who I actually am. Wow, who I was. Um, that is a really, really great um, talking point. And I would say that when I was growing up, um, who I was was somebody that was eager to please. I think that I always wanted to be pleasing in the eye of my parents and friends and teachers. Um, rather than focusing on who I am. Um, I think I wanted to make myself be what I felt like everyone wanted me to be, um, which would, you know, be this overzealous Christian uh, that, you know, due to the fact that I was raised in a non-denominational church that was a huge part of my childhood. So that that took up quite a bit of of what I was when I was younger. Um, I believe we were in church maybe four days a week sometimes. Um, we mm. had our, yes, so we had our uh, choir rehearsal, we had our Bible class, we had our Sunday service, and sometimes we would have two different, you know, services there. So we'd be there, you know, in the morning, and then we would probably get home uh, at like 7 p.m., um, on Sundays, depending on what Sunday it was. So, um, you know, that contributed a lot. Um, I had a very, very skewed view of, you know, what life should be, what life shouldn't be, what I could do, what I couldn't do. Um, and I think growing up, I felt very restricted. Like, you know, I was, uh, walking on the straight and narrow, not to say that there is anything wrong with living a clean life and being on the straight and narrow, but I think I had a skewed perspective on what that straight and narrow actually meant. 
Um, so I was very passive. Um, I think I was a little too passive and I let people, you know, run all over me and I didn't speak up or speak my mind, which, you know, led to a lot of bullying and issues when I, you know, got into school um, because I was very soft-spoken. I was pretty feminine. I wasn't, um, you know, rough and tumble like a lot of the other, you know, young kids were, you know, playing sports and such. So that contributed, you know, a, a lot to who I was when I was growing up. I see. Last week, Christine and I, we really, um, oh, and just so that you guys know, if you hear some gruffing, Emmanuel has a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut likes to be a part of conversation, so she might be chiming into our podcast today. Um, yes, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> no worries at all. Hashtag um, stay at home. <laughs> right, save lives. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Last week, Christine and I really talked about the effects of different types of abuse. And we didn't really, we haven't started breaking down each abuse as of yet. However, what we have talked about is how certain types of abuse can make certain individuals act a certain way. So when you say you were a people pleaser, it really stuck out to me because growing up I was too. And I feel that a lot of what I did being a people pleaser or just rushing to be like the Mrs. Fix it or um, trying to always provide things is because I felt that was the way to keep the peace within my home. You know, if, if someone was always ready to fix the problem or, you know, if someone was always ready to do X, Y, Z to keep one person happy, then, you know, there wasn't any yelling, there wasn't any fighting there was, or, um, irregular punishments. It was just peaceful. So I I do think, and something that I I was kind of picking up on when you were talking was a lot of the attributes that come from individuals who were abused, because I don't like calling us victims. I just don't think that's a proper term, is that first idea that a lot of us become people pleasers. We feel that we have to have everyone like us. That is a valid valid point and I think that a lot of the times that stems from you know us not wanting to um to screw up you know we don't want to screw up and we don't want people to see that we screwed up because screwing up means that potentially we could get in trouble because we were not living up to the expectations of you know our parents or whomever that we grew up with um, and I think for me personally, that had a lot to do with my people pleasing behavior was because, you know, I was afraid that my parents would get upset with me. And then, you know, that 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 was going to, you know, involve some sort of yelling or, you know, some kind of harsh discipline. And I was afraid of that. So I would go out of my way and go be above and beyond to make sure that, you know, I wasn't doing something that was, uh, you know, out of the realm of what they would like, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I think in our strive to talk about 
who we are. Um, and I know this in my healing, when I look back at the person that I was growing up, a lot of that individual was dictated by, um, I could almost say it was like damage control, like trying to, or, or feeling as if there wasn't much love at home. So I had to feel like I had to receive love elsewhere. So I went to school and I did all these things because I felt like everyone I came in contact had to like me, <laughs> you know? Um, I didn't understand the concept of some people are just, you're not everybody's cup of tea, you know? So yes, that people pleasing aspect really went into effect when I came into contact with other people, um, really kind of letting my passion slide to the wayside and doing what the masses was doing because I felt like that was a way for me to be um, included. And growing up, inclusion is a feel of love for kids. You know, if people are around you and they're interacting with you, that is a feel of community and it's a feel of love. I don't think that we exactly acceptance yes. and that's where a lot of the issues of like gang activity comes in like people don't understand that a lot of kids don't join these groups of hooligans for lack of better words because they they are about the gang life they join that group of individuals because of the feeling of acceptance the feeling of love and the feeling of community that is not really there as a facade but that's what they think they're getting from that group of individuals so when it comes to individuals who have been abused, I feel like we seek that outside of the house so strong. And so um, like it's, 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 it's like a mission for us to find a group or just people to belong to. And in that we lose who we are. Yes, that is a very powerful statement. Um, I think that a lot of people who are abuse um, survivors um they you know are masters at being a chameleon um you know you morph and shape yourself to fit whatever situation i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen my guard dog is unable to keep her mouth closed at this point point in time um but, you know, I think that we are so accustomed to try to morph and shape and change ourselves into um, what we think other people would like. Um, and that is a, a hindrance in, in our, you know, personality and in our individuality and growth, um, just in the respect of finding out who we are or, <clears throat> or who we should be. Um, so I've I just feel like, you know, it puts us at such a disadvantage to have to try and, um, you know, mold ourselves to be someone that we aren't. Um, and it's just very, very damaging. And I'm, I'm trying to find a way to vocalize it cl- more clearly than I am, but I, I, that's the best way I can say it, you know. It's it's very damaging to be lost in 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 your own identity. That that'll be what I say for that. So I think that's a good start for who I was. Um, I really believe that the abuse that one's reflected abuse really shows in the area of who they wanted me to be. Because yes. Um, 
especially when it comes to like manipulation, emotional, um, verbal, and spiritual abuse, um, the utilization of religion in order to kind of control an individual's actions. We talked about that with Christine last week. Um, that really kind of dictates how uh, a child or in any individual who wants to kind of stay away from conflict and is still learning how to create and evolve as a human um, acts. And I think it needs to be said that children who go through abuse, I feel not have it the worst, but are in a very peculiar situation because you start to become an individual and you don't know who you are yet. Like you're not mentally capable at that time of really making good decisions or understanding the decisions that you make. You make decisions based off of whomever is kind of guiding you says is right and wrong, which can skew your idea of right and wrong. It's like the idea of a racist, right? Um, Racism is not something that is inherited. It is taught. You are taught to hate someone. You know, you you don't come out the womb being like, you know, I hate black people. It just doesn't work that way. But if you grow up your entire life hearing that, you know, the pure race is the right way to go and this certain group of individuals are wrong, though that ideal is wrong when it comes to the masses, to this individual, they don't feel that way because the individual who taught them that their guide through life as a child says is kind of depicting their right and their wrong. So who's really at fault when it comes to the development area of that child who goes through that manipulative abuse? And it's, it's a vicious, vicious cycle. Um, I think that, you know, in minority communities, especially, we tend to lean on religion as a structure and background um, and a guide to how our children should be raised and how um, we should lead our lives. And I think that contributes to a lot of confusion. Um, you know, and conflicting ideals, um, because in one hand, and I can speak from my personal experience, you know, you're told, you know, don't give in to what, what's called the world, which is, you know, secular life, which includes, you know, music that isn't Christian music and, and ideals that don't follow the, the guidelines of what the church thinks, you know, and when you get in real world situations and you're being taught those things and it's not from a realistic standpoint, you know, a realistic take on the Bible, which, um, you know, I, I, I would still consider myself to be spiritual and, and Christian, but I think that you have, have to apply apply the word and apply what God says to the world today. You know, that's just where we are. Um, And I think when that, that whole situation gets skewed and you start trying to have these unrealistic expectations of yourself and you find yourself getting um, disappointed because you compromise what the church says that you're supposed to do when you're faced with certain situations, you know, it's, it can send you into 
depression, confusion, anger, resentment, all of these things that a lot of um, people have um, towards the, the black church um, or any church in general, um, you know, especially a lot of gay black men, um, they have a very twisted relationship with the church um, because it's taught that, you know, to love another man is a sin and that, you know, you will be condemned to hell um, for that. So, you know, that presents a huge challenge is do you allow yourself to be who you are or who you think you should be and ignore what's inherent or do you continue to live your life, be yourself, and be at peace with that, but then be wrong in the eyes of the church or your parents or your circle, um, you know, and that's, I feel no way to live, you know, to be presented with a black and white decision, an ultimatum of sorts, um, you know, it can really lead you down a dark road. And I don't think that that's what God or the or higher power, whomever you may serve, would want for your life. Um, not to go down a spiritual path, but um, it's it's a very it's a very complicated and complex uh, cycle and journey. Well, I, I I'm actually kind of glad that you mentioned that because growing up in a family, and this is something we talked about last week, spiritual abuse. It's not the religion that is the that is the the spectacle or the cause of the abuse. It's the people. Um, it it would be the church or it would be the person you know whom is teaching you said religion because if you read the bible the bible says there's a lot of things that are sinful the bible calls a couple of things abominations um however i think the bible really does focus on one thing that the church and people who have spoken to me about god don't really talk about and that's love like regardless of your sins, regardless of what you choose to do, because they also don't talk about the fact that God gives us free will, right? So regardless of the the path that you chose, which you can't necessarily say you chose because everything is predestined according to the Bible, right? So in my mind, that tells me that when God created us, he says, you know, you can go this way, you can go this way, you can go this way. You could choose which way that you go, but Jesus died for your sins and I love you regardless, right? That's what I hear from that. And if Jesus were to die for my sins and if everything was predestined and if God created me to be this person and God loves me regardless of who I am, then how are you to tell me that I'm going to die in hell and burn for eternity because of something wrong that I've done? When the Bible says clearly that if you've committed one sin, you've committed it all. We don't talk about the aspect that God is a loving individual and that you can even see the evolution of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Like and that that's a that I didn't mean to interrupt. That was a great point. And I wanted to just interject and then let you continue that, you know, the Bible and church is is teaching us that we are made in his image and after his likeness. And 
people will say, well, God doesn't make any mistakes. So what are individuals who are not fitting into that cookie cutter mold of, you know, what a lot of black culture says that you have to be in biblical culture, um, says you have to be, you know, are we a mistake? Are, you know, people that don't fit in that box a mistake? You know, um, I, absolutely not. For me, I know I'm not a mistake. I know I am someone that God created um, and that he loves and I'm a child of him, just like any other human being out here. Absolutely. I think it's important to also say that relationships with God and Jesus is not considered religion as spirituality. Um, religion is when you actually get to the human of it, um, the, the church of it. I feel that people don't read the Bible in its entirety. You know, they don't look at the fact that like I, I was telling Christine last week, we were talking about the fact that every disciple that Jesus had was a mess. He never picked the perfect people. When he went to shelter with someone, he wound up living or staying with and rescuing a prostitute. Like no one that Jesus walked with was perfect. Um, so for you to look at me and to say that I will go to hell because I'm not perfect is not accurate. The issue is yes. I'm not the person that you want me to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing. that mold. Exactly. I don't fit the mold that you feel um, acceptable. I feel that to, I feel that to be like a really big basis of who they want me to be because I can't speak for many other cultures, but what I can speak for is like the black culture and then the black culture who wants to be within the church. Um, there is an idea of how people in certain areas are supposed to act. Young women are supposed to act this way. Boys are supposed to act this way. Um, older men are supposed to act this way. When no one really talks about the drama and the, the turmoil that goes within the church, but the elders always expect the children to do certain things. You know, they want you to be seen and not heard. Um, they want you to dress certain ways, you know, I, I had a couple of run-ins and I, I went to Meg. I actually, the only church I was a member of was a mega church and that was terrible. Um, but I remember vividly, like I would wear certain t-shirts to church because the whole thing was, you should come as you are, you know, wear what you want. And I would go to the bathroom and women would always try to, um, verbally, punish me or make me feel as if I shouldn't have worn what I wore because my t-shirt had like a quirky slogan on it or something like that. Like it's really an idea of that whole, it takes a village to raise a child mentality is I think kind of toxic, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, it really does kind of take away from the idea of giving that child the creative freedom to kind of learn themselves and develop into the person that they want to be. You take that away when you start nitpicking at every little thing that a child does. I definitely agree. Um, there's this unrealistic, um, I'd have to say expectation of what raising a child looks like or what it should be. And I think that that should be tailored toward each individual 
child mm -hmm. um, rather than trying to take this you know generalized idea and apply it to everybody because each if you ask any parent about their children they're going to tell you they are all different um, so how do you raise you know a child that has a assertive personality the same way that you would raise a child that has a more timid personality um you you can't both both of those types of children re require different types of attention so saying it takes a village <clears throat> i know that that's you know that comes from a, a old african um, proverb but I feel like when other people sort of infiltrate your parenting, that can send conflicting messages to your children. Um, so, you know, if, 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 Miss, if Miss Coco told you, you know, you should always wear, you know, your skirts down to your ankles, but your mother says that anything, um, you know, that's hidden at the knee is okay, then what do you think the child's going to be? confused um absolutely you know so it it's just a really 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 difficult um thing you know to decipher what's right um for what individual um and i think parents should take it at a case-by-case -case basis. I don't have kids yet. I would love to have children. I anticipate having them um, in the near future. And that's kind of what my focus would be for how I intend to raise my children. Now, I'm not going to just let them do anything that they desire to do that it could potentially be harmful, but I want them to be able to explore who they are and develop a sense of self, um, you know, from as early as they can, because children are very vulnerable and developing and, you know, soaking up everything. And I, I want to facilitate an environment for my children um, that will give them the best potential to be who, whoever it is that they need to be in the best capacity possible, if that's the way I could put it. I think what, when it comes to parenting, and I don't have children either, um, but my husband and I are contemplating having them. <laughs> that sounded really excited, right? <laughs> um, I think when it comes to parenting, <laughs> when it comes to parenting, it's important to realize that your child is not always going to be a reflection of who you were when you were growing up. And I think that's where yes. a lot of um, parents kind of get this skewed idea of like what they should do with their children. They, they treat their children as if, you know, they understand everything that their children's going to feel. Um, I, I know what you're going to do. I did the same thing at your age. And in all reality, like this is a whole different generation. Like the access to things that we have now is completely different from the access of things that our parents had when they were growing up. Um, however, you have to allow your children to kind of create their own or to develop their own personality. You can't... There. <laughs> I don't like the saying it takes a village to raise a child because you don't know everyone's objective. You don't understand everyone's motive. 
just because at one point, and when my grandmother, you know, grew up, they were very conservative. They had skirts all the way down to their ankles. You know, they, they didn't show any cleavage. And if you did, then you was loose. You know, there was, there was a different time then, but teaching a girl how to be conservative and how to love herself should not come with words like don't dress like a slut or um, you know, God don't like when you show whatever it, it should come with the teaching of your worth and knowing that you are beautiful and beauty does not always have to be so outwardly, you know, like be appealing to the eye, but give people something to wonder about. There's, I feel like the, the, the loss in what comes in teaching children comes in the idea that you have to base your teaching around who you are. Like I really do feel that parents, a lot of parents feel that their children should be a reflection of them. And that's something I would hear all the time. You know, when you go out and you act a fool, you're a reflection of me. That's not true. People don't look at kids acting crazy and say, damn, I wonder if her mama's crazy. They don't do that. I've never done that. I've looked at that kid and was like, damn, I wish they would shut up. Like, you know, like, I've never, <laughs> like, I've never looked at a kid and was like, damn, I wonder what their home come, their home is like. I wonder what their mother is teaching them. That's not always what it goes back to. And even if it does, it's not, you have to give children the room to grow and to learn and to be creative. If you don't, you get kids who act out. If they're at home and they're trying to, you know, play and you keep telling them to shut up, stop making noise, shut up. I don't want to hear that. Shut up. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to stop being creative. They're going to stop trying to play. They're going to stifle their light. Exactly. You have inadvertently caused them to potentially lose a passion for something that could have been really great for them because you want quiet. Very, very valid. So very valid. When it comes to the conversation of who they want me to be, I think it's it's something we talk about, like who who were you as a kid and who of that individual did you find was actually you, or was it just someone that they kind of grew you to be? So that's I I think that's something that we all have to to face you know who who, did we let those experiences that we have when we were children and young adults um affect us negatively in our adulthood um or did we take those as learning opportunities and apply the best of those things that we got to who we are you know today um, and I think for me, it, it, it wasn't just a clean cut um, transitional time. I think it took a lot um, of counseling and therapy, um, which I actively participate in, which, you know, is that's a whole different topic that we could get off on is, is mental health. But, um, you know, I... I I struggled with trying to figure out if me being who I thought that I should be was okay versus me being who I really am is okay, if that makes sense. 
Absolutely. know, um, trying to figure out what that looked like. Um, and I think a lot of young adults, um, you know, teenagers or whatever, you know, they feel like they have to have everything figured out by the time they get X age or Y age. Mm -hmm. And nobody has it all figured out. There are a couple of people out here that have figured out what works for them. But that journey for each individual adult or teenager or young adult is different. And I think that that was something that I really struggled with was number one, comparing myself to other people in my same age bracket and saying, well, you know, these people have children, they are married, they are, you know, flourishing, they have this job, they have this amount of money. And I may not be in that particular situation. You know, I may not have three of the six things that they have. So maybe that means that, you know, I haven't um, been successful, but I've had to learn that you cannot define your individual success based off of other people. You, you can't, otherwise you're gonna set yourself up for a vicious cycle of being disappointed um, because there's always going to be somebody out here that has a little more money or that has a little bit better of this or better of that. And I think the, the hardest thing for people to do is to learn how to be content with, with what they have in that moment and in, enjoy and appreciate what they have in the moment that they have it, rather than trying to figure out how to top the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, I think you know, if you're a driven person and you have, you know, some sort of guideline and plan that, you know, you'll get to achieve whatever that definition of success is for you, as long as you stay consistent and diligent. Um, so, you know, I think that is who I've learned to be, um, is to be content and be happy. That doesn't mean be complacent. I know we get those things confused, but to be happy and content um, where you are, which has shaped me into where. And Peanut attacks again. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> the life of a dog. Oh. I promise you, it's so cute. Yes, they, you know, have no regard for this intense conversation that we're trying to have. They just, you know, living, scratching, barking and eating. So that's, you know, that's life in a nutshell for them. Well, I have a question because when I was listening to you, it just kind of hit me. Um, now, the person that you thought you were, was that the person that people wanted you to be? Um, yes, actually, I think that was the person that they wanted me to be. That's who I thought I was, mm -hmm. um, because that's what I was expected to be. So I would say the answer to that question is yes. Yeah, um, I, I have to say I would agree the same for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to the person you actually are, because I think we talked about who I was, you know, that was the kid who went through this um, 
trauma. Um, you know, we didn't really get into the type of trauma, but we, we are talking about abuse. So a child who went through this trauma, who was doing certain things to ensure that certain aspects of their life was peaceful. Um, that's where you get the kid who was, you know, becoming this people pleaser and always trying to, you know, run around and do everything that a certain individual or people want them to do because they just are looking for a sense of peace and community and love um, to who they thought I should be. And we really got into the spiritual aspect of that, of what's expected at the church. Um, the whole, it takes a village to raise a child and what's expected amongst that for that child or that individual. When it comes to who you are and you look at the three aspects or you look at these three categories for you in your life, how different is the person who you thought you were and the person that you actually are? Um, I would say vastly different um, because I think that the person that I was, um, you know, cared deeply about what everyone thought and cared deeply about how me uh, being who I am or what I want to be, um, you know, would impact other people instead of just being happy with with where I am and who I am. Um, so that's a very different um, part of me. I I would say now, you know, more than ever, um, I've gotten to a place in my life where I give less of a fuck, pardon my French, <laughs> about <laughs> what people think or what their opinions are, or, you know, what they think I should be doing or say that I should be doing at this point in time in my life. And really just embracing and enjoying the individuality that I possess, you know, um, that's more of who I am today. Somebody that is not perfect, um, because I like to remind people that we are all works works in progress. Uh, nobody's made it. Nobody's perfect. Yes, um, and people can change. Yes, people can change. Um, you know, for example, the relationship that I had with my my mom before, um, you know, I've gone through therapy and all of that <clears throat> is vastly different. Um, than it, it, it has been even just, you know, as I've become an adult, um, we have a lot better of an understanding. Um, I think, you know, I was always worried about, you know, well, what is my mother going to say? Or what would my mom have to say about this? You know, and I think now we mutually have respect for one another in that sense that we are um, respectful that of, to one another that she's who she is she did the best that she could do to raise me and to provide me with a good you know life <clears throat> man she didn't have all the answers when I was a kid you know I think sometimes we hold our parents um up on these huge high pedestals you mm -hmm. know that you know they know everything they are the all end all be all and really, they are figuring shit out as they went to, you know, exactly. they are trying to figure out what to do and how 
to deal with, you know, children um, with various issues. So it, I mean, there's no manual to, you know, childhood and raising children. So you have to just do the best that you can do, you know, at that moment. So, you know, I think, I, I think we've, we've both come to that, you know, she's come to appreciate my, you know, quirkiness or the things that make me who I am, just as I've come to appreciate those things in her as well, um, which, you know, contributes to me being, you know, who I am versus who people wanted me to be. Exactly. I think for me, um, the individual who people wanted me to be and the individual that I am was like night and day. Um, I grew up feeling like I needed to always, like when you speak of love languages, I, I've talked about this a couple of times. I was raised to believe that my lung, my love language was acts of service. And I now find that it's not, um, I'm not a Hebrew slave and that's just how I function. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I've learned a lot about my personality like the fact that I am very rugged around the edges, but I'm very soft in the center. Um, the fact that I don't have to always explain myself has been something. Because, you know, growing up, and I think you can also um, relate to this, we, there's always this feeling of when something doesn't agree with other people that you have to explain or justify the reason why you stand on how you stand. And it wasn't until I actually started to learn myself that I realized that first of all, I fucking hate feeling like I need to justify myself for how I feel. I don't have to, I don't owe yes. anyone an explanation for the things that I do or how I feel. Um, but I've come to the peace of knowing that I don't have to do it. I don't have to tell you why I stopped talking to you. I don't have to tell you why I disappeared. I you know it's like there's just certain things like I don't have to give you a play by play of my life. Um, something that I really admire about you is the fact that you've been very open to your family about who you are. Um, I, on the other hand, was very always felt like I had to tell people who I was. And I found peace in knowing that there's just certain pieces of me that I can keep to myself um that it is actually more peaceful if I keep it to myself <laughs> but I've I've grown to know that I am like this big ass puzzle and that there's pieces of me that some deserve to see and then there's pieces of me that others don't so I've I've kind of stopped feeling like I have to be this big ass open book like, no, there's some chapters you just don't get to see. And that's okay. Um, I think another thing that I've learned about myself is that my spirituality, like I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but the way that I view God and Jesus, I think it's a little different from how people, well, I know it's a lot different from how we're taught in the church. Like I Absolutely. believe, that we, yeah, I believe that we all talk to God we all talk to the same God. We just talk to him differently. And I believe Absolutely. that if God created this humongous universe, you mean to tell me that I can't utilize the things within this universe to get closer to him, i.e. crystals and, you know, becoming one with the earth. This is his earth. So if we are 90, what are we like? 90% water. 
Yeah, I think I, I think ninety eight percent. I'm something like that. We are I'm in the ninety you know, percentage of yes. what? <laughs> so if you're telling me that God created me and I am in the 90s percentage of water of my entity, then you can't tell me that I don't connect with this earth. I just don't believe that. I don't believe that God would take such a complex creation and make us that simple. I just don't believe it. No, um, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to be more um, okay with being a complex individual you know um yes. it's okay to be complicated it's okay to have complex feelings about things and you know i think you get to see this um online a lot people feel that you know either you can feel this way or that way you know like the whole situation with Dwayne wade's daughter um you know people have very polarized views on uh his decision to allow his daughter to be who she is and to realize who she is at such a young um, age in her, her life. So, you know, I think that it's okay for people to say, well, you know what, I don't understand this, um, but not confuse that feeling of not being able to understand something with it's not okay and it's not right. That's, that's not for you to decide. You know, that's not for you to make that decision. Um, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, so <clears throat> I just, you know, I think that people are uncomfortable with having complex uh, emotions and feelings about things in general. Um, you know. I agree with you to an extent. I feel that we are in a society that knows that we have complex feelings. I just think that we are in a society that feels that everyone should feel a certain way. It's not okay to have a different, differing opinion. It's not okay for you to live your life in a certain way. Everyone has an opinion about what everyone else is doing. And I don't fucking understand that because how does my life affect you? Yes. You know? Um, yes. I, I promise you people on the internet act like other people's lives is, is affecting their paycheck. And I don't fucking understand it. Like if it's not causing you any bodily harm, if I am not affecting your peace and if I'm not affecting your money, then what the fuck do you have to say about my life? I, I've never understood that. We are not, we were not created to be the same. Yes, Absolutely. We would be boring. The life would be boring if everyone walked around with the same skin color, with the same issues, with the same aspirations, with the same ideal of life. There would be, once again, to say that God doesn't make any mistakes. And then to say that one of his creations is doing something, which you may not understand, but you have to trust that that is between God and that person. Whomever that person prays to, that's between them. Mm -hmm. We are in a time where people feel that they have to control everything. They have to control everything they see, everything they feel. They don't look at themselves at these as these complex creations. And when I started to actually delve into my spiritual journey and learn who I was, I think I talked, we talked about this recently. I found mm -hmm. out a lot of shit about myself, mm -hmm. like a lot Absolutely. of things 
yeah, like I found myself to almost be a whole different person from the person that I thought I was. Like the realization that the person that I was with for almost four years before I was married, realizing that I never really loved that person was very hard for me. It was a hard pill to swallow that I stayed in this relationship for close to five years with a person that I really couldn't fucking stand was actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's a very complicated um, emotional connection to somebody, you know, is it the idea that you like the companionship and okay. that's confused with the fact that you may feel you love somebody or think you love someone? Um, you know, exactly. it's very, very complicated. Or like even thinking about your friends. When I look back and I think about how many people from high school or from elementary school that I actually kept in contact with. And then I think about all the times we I've hung out with these people. And I realized that I didn't vibe with you because you knew me. I vibed with you because you knew the person I wanted you to know. I wanted to vibe with you. I wanted to have friends and hang out with. I wasn't honest about who I was to myself, let alone to you. So when I let a lot of people go and I'm just like sitting here realizing like I'm quirky as fuck. I have a very dark sense of humor. I absolutely love rock music. You know, like all these different mm -hmm. things about myself that I never knew before because I was being the person that other people wanted me to be. It doesn't hurt so bad that I've let go of so many connections because we just... Yeah. We weren't each other's cup of tea. That's and that's it and that's all. That's it <laughs> and that's all. Okay. <laughs> Put a stamp on it and mail that bitch. <laughs> that's that on that. Obviously. But I I'm I'm a hundred percent there with you on those those, you know, topics. Um and what you just said proves what we've been talking about for the past, you know, 50 minutes is you are, are you're an ever evolving creature, you know, you are still still going to be in this, this period of self discovery. Um, you mm -hmm. know, that that never stops, you know, the older you get that, you know, you find out something new about yourself that you didn't know, you know, two years ago, or 10 years ago, or 20 years ago. Um, and I think that's the beauty of life is that, you know, you're striving and continually changing into, you know, the person that you want to be the best version of yourself. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, you know, the best version of yourself is, is going to be that way for maybe five or 10 years until you get to the next level. Um, you know, so I think that's important for you to appreciate where you are um you know and 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 who you're becoming this is what i'll say you know what just dawned on me when you said that that we're ever changing and like evolving mm -hmm. if god could create us to ever change and evolve who's to say that he doesn't evolve deep And if he evolves, then wouldn't that mean that a lot of things initially that he felt were wrong 
maybe he kind of not saying that he's changed his mind or you know that he's softened but if god can evolve if we can evolve then who says that god can evolve look at the earth yeah it's in a whole different state than it was um 10 years ago the earth currently is in a whole different state than it was last year <laughs> yes <laughs> like let's be honest yes. i have a question and i've i've always asked people this when it comes to like spirituality and learning yourself and abuse right like who is the worst person you could think of like the worst evil human being you could think of mm. um wow i'm trying to there's a lot of contenders for this title. Um, I know, right? You know, I I would say I would say Adolf Hitler. Hitler. Um, yes, is one that comes to mind uh, because the, the way that he went about justifying his feelings, even as a minority as somebody that's you know that was jewish that this aryan race and nation and all of this needed to exist to the point where you could kill so many people um that's just the pure definition of evil in my account um and then the second person runner-up is the motherfuckers that brought the slaves over here because they wanted, you know, people to just be subservient to them and to do what they didn't feel like doing and to feel justified that Black people weren't even a full person. You know, we, we didn't, we didn't, we were constitutionally not 100% a human being. You know, what kind of shit is that? <laughs> It's fucked up. What kind of shit is that? It's fucked up. So the second part... That, that, question, that wasn't that long ago. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, I'm sorry. The second part to my question is, how would you feel if you got to heaven and you saw Hitler and or the, the originators of slavery there? I would say, baby, I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> Something I would that, have to hmm? I would have to be. Mm. Well, something that's not often taught about, but says in the Bible that if you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. you can because enter he is in. The... Hmm? And you can enter in. Exactly. Because he is a merciful and all-knowing God. So I think my question to that is, if God can forgive Hitler for killing thousands and thousands of people because that's just the God that he is. Why can't he forgive us? And why can't we forgive each other for being different? And that's, you know, I think I would say, why should anybody have to apologize for being an individual? Why Ooh. should anybody have to justify why they're different from everyone else okay. you shouldn't have to do that you shouldn't have to walk around and because you do what you do you have to answer to people why you're doing what you're doing 
Um, if it's not hurting anybody, if you're not taking lives, and the only thing person that it's affecting is you, then I say, please don't give a shit about what what other people think. Um, you don't owe them an explanation. You don't owe them anything. Um, and I think that it's just really sad that, you know, we have to explain why we are different from other people. You know, um, it's different when people inquire, you know, what it's like to be a certain type of way, for example, you know, what it's like to be trans or what it's like to be gay or what it's like to be bisexual or whatever. I think that, you know, there's a difference um, where people genuinely want to understand what it's about and what it means and, you know, how, you know, your life may be different from their life. But then there's a, another aspect of it where people are antagonizing you and attacking you for, you know, you having a different way of living that isn't really that different at all. At the end of the day, gay men come home to their significant other or spouse or a husband, whatever, or you know, the person that they choose to live with, just like you go home to your wife or husband or, you know, whatever. It's it's different, but it's the same, you know? And I think that instead of trying to figure out, you know, what things separate everybody, why can't, you know, society focus on the things that bring us together? You know, we all have people we love. Love is love, right? That's what, what that, you know, mantra is. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, why not find the commonality? Oh, you know, when I go home, you know, my husband never has anything on the table ready. You know, I always have to come home and cook. Same, Sally could say the same thing. You know, when I get home, my husband never has, you know, anything on the table. I always have to cook. You know, I, th I don't think that that's a concept that, that is, uh, only, you know, sequestered to, you know, straight couples or whatever. So that's all I'm trying to say. You know, there's a, a lot more things that we have in common with one another that we don't, that we don't have in common, if that came across clear. Enough. I, I want to comment on a few things that you said. First sure. off, let me just say this, right? Um, if we both work, and I come home from work and you expect me to still have a hot meal on the table for you, you completely got me fucked up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being 100%. That is not how my household works. Um, you better get in the kitchen with me and meal plan on Sunday so we can both have some food. We eat in Wendy's. Don't fuck with me. I don't play those yes. games. Yes. Um, I do... On a more serious note, though, I just want to say that I, I've always been the queen of my own fucking business. Yes. It, it's like there if if you have such a problem with a homosexual couple, which makes no sense to me, because at the end of the day, what they do in their home is their fucking business. But it is. as a person, you should be able to look at that person and be like, that is a human being and he has feelings and he eats the same food, if not other food, but he eats food, he digests, he takes a shit, he wipes his own ass. At that point, he is a person. <laughs> like, 
we have to yes. start looking at people for what they are. They're people. People put so much into hating other people for reasons that makes no sense. I don't like him because he's gay. You don't like him because he has a relationship with another man. Makes no sense to me because at the end of the day, his relationship is his business. What he does at home is his business. What's his personality like? Is he an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like when you walked up to him and say hi and said hi, did he respond or did he kind of just like shuff you off? Like have an actual reason not to like someone. Stop following the crowds. I don't like fucking Donald Trump. It's not because he's orange. I don't like him because a lot of the shit that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Like that's yes. just an example, you know, like, but at the end of the day, I'm not sitting up here persecuting him because he married a prostitute. I'm not doing that. Not at all. Not Let at all. Let people live their lives the way they want to live them. And granted, they might not be your cup of tea, but it does not mean that you should verbally persecute them and hate them. Everyone is not going to be who you think they should be. That is exactly true. Can you love them for who they are? You can. It's absolutely possible. It is absolutely possible to let people do what the fuck they want to do. And honestly, I have I have vibed so much with um you, you know, being, you know, the relationships that you're in, the relationship that I'm in, it's not too far apart. You're absolutely right. It's a lot of the same shit that we go through and we talk about it yes. and we vibe and we've helped each other through a lot of difficult situations because at the end of the day, it's not the gender of the person you're with. It's the personality of the person you're with. Stubborn as hell is one of them. <laughs> yes, Absolutely getting on my first and last nerves i've been at that point um before and prior prior what what the hell word is prior and prior uh relationships you know um i think it's important for people to understand that you you have to work to find that that one that that person that is going to be there for you that in the capacity that you need them to be in and it's okay to fuck up. And it's okay for a relationship not to work out. Mm -hmm. I think going back to that, does the person love you for the person that you actually are? Or do they love you for the person they want you to be? Hello. Like, that's a big thing people don't really talk about. Like, when Hello. I was with the guy I was with in high school, I can honestly say I never looked at him for who he was. I looked at him for the person that I wanted him to be. I had expectations of what I thought he could do and what he could be for me. And when I look back on that shit, I was like, we were fucking terrible for each other. Fucking terrible. Like, I've been in that situation as well. <clears throat> I you thought, know? you know, getting with somebody because of what I thought that they could be for me instead of meeting them where they were and being okay with who they were. Oh. Um, guilty, guilty. Sentenced to being a dumbass. 
not even just that, it's just not understanding. And I feel that as a person who has survived abuse, when you grow up in a, in a home where people are continually trying to make you be what they want you to be, you pick up a lot of those habits. So you go out in the world trying to make people be what you feel they should be. And that's not accurate. Perpetuating the cycle, which is what we don't want to do. Um, You know, a lot of people do Mm -hmm. that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I will just Um, add living to you. Go ahead. (laughs) You know, perpetuating that cycle. Um, A lot of people who were abused as kids end up growing up if they don't, you know, deal with those emotions and things that happen to them, they end up, you know, being abusive to their children and and just perpetuating that cycle, um, which is so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was growing up, I would hear things and I, I talked to Christine about this, like, oh, men don't like smart women or, um, you know, weak man can't handle us. And that's not fucking true. Like, you know, maybe Absolutely. he's not maybe he's not weak. Maybe he just don't fuck with you like that. You know, there's ways to describe how people are and it's okay. I think my, my thing for this month, for May, for the month of May is going to be, you're, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but that's okay. Because the people who fuck with you fuck with you, but you also have to realize if people love you, And if people really care about you and if they want to be in your life, then they're not just going to love you for those good days. They're going to love you for those bad days. You know, they're going to love you for your demons as well as the the great quality of you. You have to understand who should be close to you and who loves you for who you actually are and who's around you attempting to change you to be the person they want you to be. Yes. Who is genuinely here for you because they are genuinely here for you and not any other reason. Um, And I think that, you know, as you get older, you find out that everybody who you thought wasn't was there for you and that fucked with you really isn't that person. And then you have to go through the painful process of weeding those people out and is why you can't you know do podcasts with the dog here because as you can hear (laughs) peanut wants to play (laughs) she she has her little toy that squeaks and as you can see um totally interrupted my thought we'll have to edit that because i don't think that there's anything we can do um with that Squeak. No, I'll keep that in because it, it was needed. <laughs> it was a little heavy. You just hear <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, that's funny. Oh my um, gosh. Something that I will say to kind of go with what you were saying before uh Peanut put in her sentence <laughs> was um fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
my god oh, shit <laughs> um we're gonna have to do a podcast about relationships and just talk about like what love is because i don't really think that people understand love and what love looks like and you know we started um, Monroe and I started talking about love languages but I'd like to do a podcast that talks about just like what love looks like from the angle of a person who was abused that's a very very needed discussion I feel like that should be out there for people to have or to ponder on is, is yeah, what does that relationship look like? What are the challenges and the hurdles that people have to go through um, who have come out of an abusive uh, past? And how do you not let that hinder you from being successful in your relationships? Precisely. I have a question for you. Now, I've what would be one thing that was said to you that really helped you see that you needed to back away from an individual? Hmm, wow. Um, so would this be pertaining to anybody? Or are we talking about a relationship or a friendship or? Just let's, let's stick with uh, relationships and friendships. Like let's not, we've been really banging on family lately. So let's yeah. uh, kind of give them a break. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's something I have to take a second and think about. What is somebody that I I think I remember, you know, somebody telling me that um, that a person did not have my best interests at heart, that they were uh, changing me, but not for the best, that they were, you know, they watched me deteriorate into a shell of a person that I once was. Um, and I think that was something powerful enough to make me take a second look at what the fuck I was doing, um, you know, in that particular time in my life. <clears throat> so I, you know, when somebody tells you that you've turned into somebody unrecognizable, you know, whether that be, um, physical or emotional or personality wise I think that's that really um oh, what is the word that I'm trying to look for that really triggers a deep dive um into what's going on in your life with you um it it, it really triggers you to say well what the hell am I doing what's going on with me you know what what is you know what is everybody else seeing? Because I think, you know, when you're in it, it's hard to see what's happening. It's hard to see how you're being affected because you're engrossed in what you're doing. Um, so having an outside perspective is so important. Um, and not just an outside perspective of somebody that, you know, uh, doesn't really give a shit, but somebody who truly has your best interest at heart, who truly wants to see you succeed and be happy okay <laughs> i think um for me it was a little different i started my healing process and i had really started to allow my personality to kind of just like 
flourish. Like just, I stopped being afraid to say what I wanted to say. And I started just being myself. Um, and in doing that, I really started to, I guess I shocked some people because I wasn't just that quiet person who kind of sat, um, on the side I was more of the person who was vocal. And, you know, that's when um, I like to call her Rash Ashley kind of popped out. And like, you know, that's when <laughs> the profanity really started to like the creativity of my vocabulary and utilizing these bio words <laughs> started to show. Um, <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's when and yes. it, wasn't, it wasn't really good. It wasn't good at all. But that's when I stopped holding in those feelings of anger. So when I felt it, I said it. And it was like, it, it took me a while to get to the point where I was okay. And I knew when it was okay to say there certain things and when I should just like hold back and like kumbaya. <laughs> you know? But I had an individual tell me that I was intimidating. And that people were afraid to talk to me because of my personality and the fact that I was just so, I don't even know what the fuck she was trying to say, but it pissed me off to the point where I was like, I had just got to the point where I felt okay being myself, you know, and I felt okay standing and saying I'm not going to let you talk to me this way. So when people started talking sideways to me, I would actually come back and say, well, I understand your feelings, but fuck you very much. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and it's not all good. Like there's a lot of toxicity in your growing. I'll say that because I had to learn how to effectively communicate without being so toxic and without letting my anger and those emotions just come out of me. Um, but when she told me that I was intimidating, it really did kind of bring to light the fact that I had been just this quiet person for so many years and that I had not been myself. And the fact that she felt so comfortable telling me that I just don't feel like there's certain words you should say to a black woman, right? Don't tell me I'm intimidating. <laughs> You know, don't tell me I'm loud. Like these are stereotypical things that black women hear all the time. And I feel that they are very belittling. And, you know, just because I'm passionate about something does not mean that I'm intimidating. Amen. Just because my personality is a little rugged does not mean that I'm ghetto or that, you know, I've never lived in a hood a day in my life. Like, <laughs> know i know nothing of hood mentality or anything or what they deem black people to be i'm not from that and most of the people that i know are not from that or products of that environment so don't compare mm -hmm. me to shit like that that's when i started to kind of push away from that person and say okay we're not doing that <laughs> you know like I'm getting to a point where I'm okay with myself. You're not going to push me back into that dark space of not wanting to speak. Cause yes. 
when you when you're when you're quiet for so long and you actually get the the power to speak, you have to learn how to talk. <laughs> yes, you do. I was just in that transitional stage of understanding that I can't call everybody a fucktard. I can't. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, Manny, I, I think that this podcast has been absolutely enlightening. And uh, like I told Christine last week, this has become a therapy for me, being able just to talk to you and to talk to our listeners and kind of just give them a piece of us that they've never heard before. Um, yes. Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners as I bring back my professional voice? <laughs> um, sure. Uh, I think it's just important for people to be okay with the process, respect the process. Um, we're not perfect. I don't think any of us ever will achieve perfection um, as much as we would like to say we are. <clears throat> and that do not let your past define your present or your future. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I would like to say that as you are learning who you are and as you're going through sorting out your puzzle pieces and creating your picture, keep people around you who are there for you and who are there for your journey. Um, yes. It's hard sometimes to kind of see the people who are supportive of you and who love you and who want to see you be the best person that you have the opportunity to be. Um, but sometimes when, when you start feeling that energy change, when you change, it's okay to walk away from that person and say, you know, you were here for a season and that season's up. Keep people around you who are going to help you become and feel comfortable with the person that you actually are. Yes. I agree with that. I like that. It's that's a great statement. Thank you. It came from the heart sisters in your doggy's chew toy. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord, help her. God. Just I apologize, audience, for that. But this is real life, real quarantine. Yeah. Day five thousand four hundred and seventy-two. So five thousand four hundred and seventy-two. You know, I was I uh, took off work today because I just I wanted to sleep. Like my eyes were it was bad. Like my contacts were not working properly. I was like, fuck it. I'm I'm about to take off work and they're going to be all right today. And so <laughs> I slept most of the day and I slept so long. I woke up and I was like, why is my husband not home? We, did he leave for work and not wake me up? I thought I slept wow. until Friday. <laughs> I looked at my wow. phone and I was like, oh no, it's just three o'clock. Okay. Christ <laughs> is averted. It's fucking me up. I need help. <laughs> it is. It's, it's really, I mean, my sleep schedule is just, it's so off. <clears throat> I I fell asleep before um, we were supposed to get started and I didn't even realize I fell asleep. So, you know, how you like those apples? It's fucked up when you fall asleep and you don't know that you're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you just wake <laughs> up and you say, oh, shit. Right. What time is it? That's yeah, exactly what happened. Can I sleep until tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, I was very paranoid. 
All right, guys. So we're going to cut this podcast off. Um, Just an FYI, one of our podcast members' birthday is actually... Wow, hold on. It's it's um today. It would be TBC's birthday. He actually turned 30. Um, this podcast is going to be released, yep, yeah, on TBC's birthday, May 9th. Please go onto his Instagram and type in Tone Bone Capone. You'll find him there. He's the white skin guy with the hat. Wish him a happy birthday and let him know that we sent us. We sent him. And on the record, I will just clarify because everyone is kind of going through this thing. TBC is not 50. TBC is not 70. TBC is 30 years old. He turns 30 May 9th. So please wish my wonderful hubby wubby a happy birthday um <laughs> i'm gonna say um he is 70 but that's just me so well oh, that's your brother so you can Thanks. say that <laughs> yeah that's what i'm gonna say that's who he is all right well we're gonna wish you guys a happy night please stay safe um Although our world is trying to rush our economy back to a place where it was, understand that we will never go back to normal or what whatever was considered normal prior to. So take care of yourself. Do whatever is needed to ensure that you and your family are safe and understand that there are people out there who are with you. You are never alone. And leave us a comment in the comment section. We'd love to talk to you guys. Yes, you guys take care and be careful. Be safe. And stay at home. Keep your ass in the house. Thank you. In the words of Mayor Lightfoot, stay home, save lives. Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's right. That is right. (laughs) Good night. Good night, guys. Okay, so... In a world built on art and unorthodox ideas, some run from their destiny. We've decided to embrace who we are. We are artists. We are the color that paints a black and white universe. We make the day-to-day unique, fun, and well, we fill it with life. At LLP Media, we work to bring art and expose local artists to those who want to hear our voice. Being a part of LLP Media means working with a team to create exceptional showcases and events for our community. Don't be afraid to share your passion. Come perform with LLP Media.